Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. Hour number two underway. Artist of the Day Pearl Jam today. This one called Sirens. A Jerry McNamara pick. And uh, little tease, we're going to hear uh, John Wildhack's pick for Artist of the Day yes. coming up. Thank you for asking him. Yeah. You thought it was going to be mad. Yeah, thank you for not being embarrassed when I asked him. No, he had a great answer. So You'll get to find out. You will. That'll be at the end of the interview, which we will play for you right now. So we caught up with John Wildhack just prior to uh, our show starting. His schedule did not allow him to come on live today. Uh, but we opened him up by uh, asking about uh, the season opener tomorrow night. What is he most excited for as the 2022 season is about set to kick off? Excited that we're back to 2019 in terms of, you know, what our fans can experience. So, you know, start there, right? Um, you know, no more COVID test, proof of vaccination, this, that, or whatever. Houston, the quad's back 5 o'clock tomorrow. So we're back, you know, full concessions, everything. So I'm, I'm really pleased for our fans that they can have the full fan experience, number one. Obviously excited to open. any Anytime you open against a, it's a conference game, there's a sense of, urgency excitement energy um, I want to see what we've you know what we've done in the offseason and, and and see it you know live um, against a really good Louisville team that obviously you know Malik is is dynamic quarterback as there is in the country we've had three nightmares down there the last three years and you know now it's time to reverse it um, not one of their players I don't think has played in the dome Um Coach Satterfield wasn't there when he was at the dome. I'm excited to see what our what the twelfth, you know, what our what our fans can do to give us that twelfth person advantage. Um, I think that's a critical critical component tomorrow night. And uh, again, excited to see we've we've changed a lot in the off season in terms of our staff, and and to see that live. Um, uh, I'm anxious to, to see. You know, you mentioned that along those lines. Uh, Paulie kind of rolls his eyes when I bring this up, but it, it was a good offseason for Syracuse. I think we would all agree on that. It seems like the team has gotten better. Certainly, it seems like the coaching staff has gotten better with some of the pieces to the puzzle that you've added with Robert and I and, um, you know, even, you know, Bob Ligashevsky and, um, you know, Jason Beck, the quarterback's coach. A lot of additions, uh, you know, guys with NFL experience, a lot of experience. Are you expecting a better team, a better product uh, this season, John? Yeah, I think, you know, the schedule, the schedule's daunting. Um, I think it's, what, 12th hardest in the country it's rated or whatever. But I think we're a better football team this year. I really do. Um, I think we have more depth, more quality depth than we've had in the past. I think, as, you know, as, as Coach has said, you know, the defensive line, they're talented. They're really young. You know, can they hold up? But the linebackers, the back eight on defense is really good. The offensive line is veteran. We've got wide receivers, you know, a mix of youth and experience. Um, I think Garrett's had a really good offseason. And, you know, by the way, when you could turn in to hand it to number 34, that's that's pretty darn good as well. John, we talk on this show a lot. And I think you know, the one thing be better. I'd add is I think special teams, you know, I think Coach Ligashevsky, don't underestimate the impact on special teams. All right, Joe, we, we talk on this show that this t- team might be better, but the schedule is so difficult going into this year. 
they may not get to the win total they had last year. What are the expectations for the Syracuse football program this year? Yeah, I want to, you know, listen, you know, you got 12 shots, so you want to win as many of those as you can, every school in the country, right? Um, that's obvious. To me, is, all right, is the program moving forward? Or is the program progressing? Are we getting better? You know, overall as a program, you know, not only the four new coaches, the assistant coaches, and they blended really well with our six returning coaches. And that's in a critical, critical element. There, you know, there's great uh, chemistry amongst the staff. We totally overhauled our recruiting staff. You know, we've invested in the program or to continue to invest in the program. So, you know, I want to see continued progress in the overall development of this program. John, you mentioned moving ahead and, and moving forward. And, and one way that uh, all programs are doing that these days are, you know, with the NIL and, and collectives. I'm not sure how much you can say, but, you know, we've heard a lot about this 315 collective. We've heard a lot about NIL and some different opportunities that, that student athletes uh, at Syracuse are getting. What, what can you say, you know, could you speak to that topic a little bit on how Syracuse is trying to, you know, move forward and, and kind of, you know, get ahead of the game when it comes to NIL and collectives? Sure, Steve, because, you know, listen, and NIL, it's a part of the recruiting process. That's just, you know, that's a fact. And, you know, since the inception, you know, a little over a year ago, we've had 150 athletes, student athletes do NIL deals, over 250 deals in total. So we're 100% supportive of it. We've got a variety of ways the student athletes uh, um, <clears throat> can engage in NIL activities. I think two points, local businesses, it, we want local businesses to, to work with our student athletes and help those business, businesses build a brand. And they can do it in traditional ways, they can do it in non-traditional ways. They can do it in camps, they can do it at clinics, they can do it appearances at corporate offices, company functions, et cetera, that type of thing. So we need the, we need the corporate base of, of the community to support NIL efforts and our student athletes. And I'm really confident that our student, any of our student athletes would be an outstanding representative for any locally based company, regionally based company here. Second is is the 315 Foundation. Uh, we're supportive of that. They've launched their website earlier this week, 315foundation.org. It's a way that the community can contribute to the 315 Foundation in return for that. You know, the, the designated athlete, student athlete, performs charitable functions. Um, and I think it's a great way for our athletes to give back to their community. It's a way to be for them to gain compensation from that. So, you know, we're, you know, we're supportive. We're not directly affiliated with it, but uh, Tony DeSorbo and Mike Bristol, I know they've worked tirelessly for, for months, well over six months to structure this and structure it the right way, which is the final imperative is, is we're going to do it the right way. We're not, we're not going to go buy players out of the portal. We're not going to go, you know, buy high school quarterbacks or whatever and guarantee him guarantee him X. Um, we're just not going to do that. That's not that's that's not our culture. But the three one five foundation is another important extension and element, and it's a way for the community to uh, to support the NIL efforts, and we need to because it's it is a part of of being competitive in college athletics today. For fans who want to get involved with that, John, what's the best way for them to get involved? Just go to the website to, and kind yep, of take it from there? Just go to 315foundation.org. It's real easy, and it's it's a very simple process in which they can participate. John, you mentioned you're not going to go out and buy high school players and quarterbacks out of the portal. 
How long do you see this going where people will be able to do that? Are there changes coming to this, or is this just going to be lawless for for the time being? I don't know, Paulie. It's, you know, earlier this week, the Power Five commissioners, the A5 commissioners, they sent a letter in response to an inquiry from uh, Senator Manchin, Senator Tuberville, which has been widely reported. To me, and you hit on it, is, is, you know, whether there's federal legislation guidelines or whatever, what are the repercussions? That's what, you know, okay, what, if there's, if these are rules, all right, what are the consequences for school booster, whatever that breaks those rules? Because if there aren't, if there aren't significant consequences, then you don't have the deterrent, right? Yeah. I mean, and we know that that's certainly a big topic. Uh, another big topic, and it kind of goes hand to hand to some degree, is is conference expansion. And I'm sure you've seen the latest reports, John, out there about uh, more Pac-12 schools are in talks with the Big Ten about possibly uh, joining that conference. And, you know, we've heard all about the super conferences, the SEC and Big Ten both looking to expand. Can you speak on, you know, the the, the state of the ACC right now. And we know about the grant of rights and we know that that's locked in for, you know, another decade plus. Um, how strong do you think the ACC is at the moment? And do you think the ACC will be able to survive this, you know, whatever's coming next, this, this next wave of conference expansion? Yeah, Steve, I think the ACC is in a, in a very solid place. I think the 14 schools are, I think there's really strong unity amongst the 14 schools. I know there is within the, within the AD group. We have tr- uh, tremendous confidence in Jim Phillips. Um, you know, and Jim has said publicly, you know, number one priorities, we've got to find creative ways to grow revenue uh, for, for the 14 member schools. And we'll work with Jim to do that uh, and help however we can. We're a proud member of the ACC. You know, I think not only will the ACC survive, I think, you know, I think the ACC can thrive. And, and there may be a financial disparity, and, and there is, right? Be real, but, you know, it's not always the school or the entity that has the most money that wins. And if you look at the ACC and across, you know, all sports, incredibly competitive. Um, we have five teams ranked in the top 25 preseason in football. That's second to the SEC. I think consensus around the country is the ACC has the best crop of quarterbacks of any conference in the country. Um, so the ACC is in a strong position, and our goal is 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 to is to work and to help the commissioner um, identify ways that the ACC emerges even stronger from this. You're a former TV guy. With your eyes just looking at the ACC, you say it's strong. Is it a product that you would be interested in as a TV? Person? Absolutely. Paulie, absolutely. Really, really good football. I think underrated football, you know, candidly. Um, our, our basketball, men's and women's, as good as any. Um, Olympic sports were as good as any. You know, you look at the markets, look at the success of the ACC network. You know, the ACC network launched, what, four years ago? It's fully distributed. Um, if, if I was at ESPN, I would, I would have... I would, the ACC would be tremendously appealing to me. I got one more question on this conference expansion, sure. John. The, you know, we 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 talk that you say that the ACC is a tight knit group and you have faith in it. But how important is it? You know, you don't know what's going to happen. And how important is it for the football program to turn around now with all of this happening? 
I think, I mean, listen, football drives drives the bus. We all know that, okay? Conference alignment is driven by football primarily. Everybody understands that. And again, as I said earlier, you know, we've invested in this program. We're going to continue to invest in this program. I want to do it smartly. We need to do it smartly. You know, when we look at investing money, you know, all right, what's, what's the right investment that generates the strongest return on investment, right? So that's that's what we need to uh, that's what we need to do. We'll continue to do that. Um, we need the ACC to be really strong in football. We need to win non-conference I, teams. John, I know all this kind of goes hand in hand talking conference expansion and talking this season. Earlier, you said you know the the goal is to move forward, to get better, and and to keep you know pushing forward with this program. I kind of feel obligated to ask, you know, is there? A, a minimum standard that you're looking for the the team to to hit this year. Um, like, is there a number in mind? We know that the schedule is really tough. Five wins a year ago. It, it, is there a benchmark that you have in mind that you could share with us? You know, I think there's not a benchmark per se, Steve. But the goal of everybody who's who's a part of this program, we want to play that 13th game. The players want it. The coaches want it. The staff wants it. We all want it. All right, and it, it all gets underway tomorrow night. Before we let you go, two more questions I got for you real quick if I could ask. Sure. I, I feel obligated as well to ask about the men's soccer team. I mean, it's kind of flown under the radar here, but just knocked off a nationally ranked Penn State squad. They're undefeated. They're back in action today. Uh, it, you know, fall sports are underway outside of football, and it's been a good start uh, to this point, John. Been a really good start. Uh, you know, the win over Penn State was great. We dominated the second half of that match, really dominated. We have women's soccer's four and one. They won last night. I think Nikki finally has the depth that she needs and the quality depth she needs to compete. Well, field hockey's off to a really good start, two and zero, oh. um, two and two with with volleyball. We lost a really competitive match to Kansas State yesterday, who's a really strong program. So, to your point, Steve, we're off to a good start this fall. And then uh, lastly, uh, the news announced yesterday about the basketball programs uh, holding the Monroe Madness out there in Rochester in early October, and then a similar event the following week inside the Dome. Uh, it'll be our first look at uh, Felicia Leggett-Jack and the, the SU women, obviously a, a lot of new faces on the men's squad as well. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on, on why do this in Rochester. I th- we need to grow our brand in Rochester. And we need to we need to deepen our engagement in Rochester. We've got a great alumni base in Rochester, uh, great fan base overall in Rochester. You know, uh, we are Syracuse is the college sports brand in Rochester, just as the Bills are. You know, the NFL brand in Rochester. So we need to get in that market more. Um, so we're happy to do it. We're excited about the partnership with Pagula Sports. But we're going to come back six nights later, October 14th, and do something similar in the Dome. You know, it's a fun night. Um, I think it'll be even more fun this year because of all the newcomers, Steve, as you said, you know, both programs and obviously Coach Jack as well. But, um, you know, we want, we want to, we need to deepen our engagement and better connect in Rochester. I'm just, I'll be point, you know, point blank with you. And at the same time is to make sure we have an event back here, which we will. John, Steve's going to hate me for asking this question. <laughs> All right, so we're we're doing an artist of the day today, and it's Pearl Jam, and we're doing it because it's Jerry McNamara's favorite band. If we were to do John Wildhack's favorite band for bumps back on a show, what band would you tell us to use? Really easy, the Rolling Stones. 
There you go. We've already we, done it. We've them. done it. We may, I mean, they've got so many hits, though, Paul. We, we can, do we can bring it back. We well, can, you we can, can bring, bring it back, back. okay, uh, guys? And I'm glad you're already did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now I have more faith in you guys. If you've already used the Stones as a bump, you know what? You guys get to finish the shift. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll send you an email and have you pick your seven favorites for us, and we'll do a John Bob. Uh, I, I can do that one day. really easy. All right, John. Uh, well, listen, thanks so much. You've been very gracious with your time today. Uh, I'll see you up on the quad tomorrow. Looking forward, I look to, forward it. to it, Steve. And I just, you know, I ask the community to come on out and support us. You know, we, we can have a great home field advantage tomorrow. We need that. That's going to help us win. Thanks. That was John Wildhack again prior to the show. We are now back live. And uh, he, he didn't mind your question at all. Either did I. He had, good. He had a good I answer. I think you're for warming you. up to it. Anything you take away from uh, that? Um, you know, I, I did ask him about, is there a minimum standard? And he said there's not a minimum standard per se, but bowl game. Right. And I think we would all agree, bowl game. It's time to get to a bowl game. That's what we would like. So, um, yeah. I'm part of the we. All right, let's uh, let's step aside here. We, uh, we're a little bit behind on the clock. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to a break. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to check in. We do have John Ryan set to join us here in about 10 minutes from now. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.